When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful, hot, spider-covered Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack for another edition of The Three Things. Coming a little bit later than I normally release episodes, if you're listening in release order. I know not a lot of you don't, uh, because I've just been overwhelmed with the move that will not end. You heard me talking about it now for about a month, and yeah, it's been t- taken about a month. What happens when you move two lives into one? It, it'd be romantic, if not for the hassle. But it's doing, uh, it's doing, it's going. I'm currently recording in a room surrounded by items clothes I forgot I had, hats I've never worn, and the desire to get rid of all of it, but the lack of willpower to do it. i got things I haven't even taken out of the box. Sideshow Collectibles sent me a beautiful, beautiful, I think one to six scale Obi-Wan in the desert uh, collector's figure. It, it, it's in the box. I'm staring at it right now. That's what I'm thinking about it. So as I am in this overwhelmed, topsy-turvy world of moving, uh, no guests, just me. That's why we're going to do another episode of Three Things. Some great guests lined up coming for you through August into September. Looking forward to that. Three Things is a show about three things on my mind. Three things going on right now in this brain of mine and this is the 42nd edition of the three things a supplemental show i started on the knapsack files podcast feed a while ago it's maybe monthly six weeks it's been long stretches with it so 42 episodes doesn't necessarily reflect an exact amount of time but it's a good chance to uh uh, just uh celebrate that the show's going because 42 is an important number for me 42 it's the answer to life, the universe, and everything, which is why the number three thing, the third thing on my mind, we work our way to number one this week, is bathrobes and hand towels and the work of Douglas Adams. Anytime I see the number 42, I cannot help but think about Douglas Adams, uh, the books that he wrote, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the radio plays, the TV show, the underrated 2005 movie. I think there's going to TV another TV series coming. The computer game I played on the Commodore 64 in the mid 80s, text-based game. It would often confuse me, confound me because I hadn't read the books yet. And then the books kind of, you know, you could follow along, but you still didn't help you win the game anyway. Uh, either way, um all of that. And then even the Dirk Gently series, the Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic Detective Agency book. The first one is a very good book and underrated just in terms of Adam's work because everything, everyone looks at hitchhikers. Uh, and then the sequel to that, The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. I, I, 
equally as good and equally as interesting, equally as different. I would have loved a little bit more of that series. Uh, the TV show version of it was uh, was okay, and they released a comic book version of it, and it was okay. Um, that's o- and that's okay. Douglas Adams uh, passed away, two thousand one now, heart attack up in Santa Barbara, California. He was only forty nine years of age. He would have. Man, he would have given us a lot more work, man. And he was working on more Hitchhiker's books. And the sixth book uh, was uh, completed, uh, you know, um, by Ian Colfer, uh, wrote the Artemis Fowl series, and it, it just wasn't as good here. But anytime, I just wanted to pause. Anytime I see number 42, I pause. And no matter how many times I've talked about Hitchhikers, I'll always talk about it because it is one of those things for a lot of people. And it's, and it's multi-generational. You don't have to be just of one specific generation to have been influenced by it. But yeah, if you were in the 80s, maybe. If you were in the late 70s, radio plays. I believe when those first hit, maybe early 80s. Uh, the original BBC series, early 80s. Whenever you discovered it. I discovered it at late 80s, as far as the book series. The, again, the computer game I played mid-80s, not knowing what the heck, because I wouldn't have sworn back then, what the heck I was playing. Just my dad had... There's plenty of games on the Commodore, and this was one I played. And it's fun to kind of bumble around as this character, Arthur Dent. But no matter when you discover it, if you're certain just a type of person, certain type of humor, certain type of, and that's humor with an O-R and an O-U-R. Uh, however you look at the world, this this book will, will, will find you and it will help mold you. And it truly is one of the things I could list as... Uh, the first book particularly, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as just one of those influential things. Saturday Night Live, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Monty Python, uh, mid-90s, early 90s for me, Kids in the Hall, just absolutely influenced me, uh, all, all those kind of things. But all through Douglas Adams and just his sense of the wild, the wacky, the but the profound. The silliness that was super intelligent. And just the fun comedy and the adventure, that's what it was. It wasn't just straight parody, it was its own thing, but definitely it was born out of that late 70s Star Wars, uh, st- uh, Star Trek motion picture type of uh, sci-fi is growing and becoming something different, but also uh, Douglas Adams, the inspiration coming from him uh, on a hitchhiking journey in his youth, in his younger days, looking up, wondering, and wondering about having a guide for all this. And also... It's crazy to think, for those not familiar, and I can't imagine that there's a lot of you that aren't familiar with it, so you're probably sharing in the joy with me as well. But just think about this. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as described in the you know early 80s, if you got the book in your hands, is this device that's in your hands, that's electronic, and has all this information. All you have to do is type it up, ask it a question, say it, and it is your guide through the galaxy. You want to know what uh, the Vogons are? You got it. You need to drink a pan-galactic gargle blaster? Well, here's the recipe and the side effects. It feels like being hit uh, upside ahead with a, a brick wrapped in 11. Like, y- y- all this information's at your hand, and you think of back then. Wow. I, I mean, I got the Encyclopedia Britannica all volumes on my shelf here. What do you talk? I couldn't want any more. And this space age book saying it's all going to be in a little handheld device. What? Get out of here. That's a, that's a, to me, one of the overlooked, just big victories of this series. A lot of stuff like that. It's just amazing to think. And just a great character. It influenced a lot of my writing 
a lot of my comedy, much to the, probably sh- the chagrin of a lot of you. My humor, there's a lot of different chapters uh, and sections uh, uh, of my humor. And some of it's just wild and stupid. Um, some of it is uh, hyper, uh, I'm not intelligent, but it's, it's, it's kind of that hyper-intelligent comedy that uh, other comics would always say, man, you're one of my favorite comics. The audience doesn't get you, but uh, I get you. Uh, a lot of historical reference stuff there, you know, the Dennis Miller School. But then I have just this crazy absurdity uh, that focuses on little tiny little details. And in the fifth Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, Mostly Harmless, which did come out a little bit later, the, 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 the trilogy, which was the increasingly inaccurately named trilogy, is, you know, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a restaurant at the end of the universe. Um, then we got uh, Life, the Universe, and everything. And then a fourth one, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, kind of comes out, and it's a little darker. And then later on, uh, uh, Douglas Adams comes back with Mostly Harmless, which has a lot of great things in it, though it's a little bit, it's kind of all over the place a little bit. Uh, and Douglas Adams, I don't think it was his favorite of, of what he wrote there, but in it, Arthur Dan, our main hero, he gets he gets you know sent to a planet. He's on a planet, and he's just so exhausted by all of his life adventures. His heart has been broken, and he just goes to this village, this primitive village on this faraway land, and becomes a sandwich maker. He brings the art of the sandwich, and uh, me as being a big sandwich fan, just love that. But I just I love the humor of that. I love the very specific, tiny. Play to a small audience. If you don't appreciate the genius of of becoming the village's sandwich maker, that's fine. We're just not on the same page all the time, comedy-wise. I love the little crazy, stupid details. One of my first little improv exercises I did at the Groundlings, this is just in the class, the basic class, you know, not even near the theater, you're just upstairs at the time. They've got a whole school now across the street, but at the time, they used to like, there was a, a dance theater, dance studio type of thing, and they'd rent out some of the classes, and it was above the restaurant that was attached to uh, the building, shared the building with the Groundlings, and we'd We'd file every day. We'd wait outside. Our teacher, uh, Chase Whitten, would show up, and uh, we'd climb up these dirty, musty, broken stairs. We'd go to these little tiny uh, workout rooms. And one of my first improvs I ever did in class, uh, I, I uh, threw in a reference to flowcharts. And it wasn't even like a business scene. It was like flowcharts. It was just it was the absurdity of these flowcharts. And, and, and Chase, my, my instructor, was just laughing. She goes, that comedy is in the details, and that flowchart thing. That that's you need that, and I, that to me comes from a lot, a lot of kids in the hall and their office humor, their early '90s office life and late '80s office life, and just kind of they focus on the little tiny details too. I think a lot of comedy does. Saturday Night Live, which I love, is just broad strokes, great broad strokes, but it's like it's live TV. You build it in a week, you got to get it out there, right? I don't have a lot of nuance on there, especially playing to a live audience, both on TV and in, in the theater and the studio. But uh, I really think that flowchart style of comedy, that specific reference to a tiny little thing, I think a lot of that for me comes from uh, Douglas Adams and just his wild, crazy characters. Uh, what's the character? Wowbanger? Wowbagger? Wowbagger? It's been a while. Um, he's the one who, he's the, the infinite, infinitely prolonged. He, he's got infinite life, and he's miserable because of it. Hates it. So he flies around the galaxy and has a mission to insult every living being. He's a list, and he's just, he's introduced, 
Uh, Arthur, I think, is on prehistoric Earth, if I'm not mistaken, stranded there. And this spaceship comes down. And it's been a while, so if I got the details, please bear with me. Spaceship comes down. He thinks he's rescued. And nope, this alien creature comes out and just insults him, calls him a complete knee biter, and then leaves. <laughs> it's just like that's my favorite type of thing in comedy. Uh, I, I've always wanted to write something like a Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll try. I'll fail, but I'll try. And that's why it's on my mind. I see, I saw today, I'm, I'm literally pressing save as on the garage band file. And I go, oh, it's episode 42. Oh, 42. If you play, pay close attention to a lot of things I write, um, especially even like the Schmoes news, whenever I needed a random number, it was never random. It was always 42. Always throw 42 in there. It is the true answer to life, the universe, and everything. And if you haven't read the series... Certainly haven't spoiled anything. It goes all over the place. Pick it up. Give it a go. I might. It's it's a quick read, too. It's an easy read. The first one, uh, specifically. So I might give it a go uh, soon here. Just just dive into it. Take a peek. I'm interested in hear more about this proposed TV series coming out. I've talked about it before here on the Napster file, so I don't want to belabor that point. But the, the mid-2000s movie. I'm telling you, it's underrated. I it, It's got a lot of great things if you're a Hitchhiker's fan. Because, again, Douglas Adams believed, absolutely believed. I think this would drive Game of Thrones fans crazy. He believed that any time he told this story in a different medium, there needed to be changes. It needed to be different. The radio plays came first. There, there are a lot of differences than the books. The computer game, which he had a hand in, a little different. The BBC series, a little different. And he had, uh, before his passing, had uh, uh, his hands on the movie version, including the script, and some of the big changes that I remember at the time. In the mid-2005, again, I believe it was 2005, the internet wasn't what it was, right? YouTube was a silly little thing, like, oh, the Lonely Island guys are putting their SNL videos on there. What's happening on here? I th- you could still hear and feel the rancor of some fans upset that they made some some changes to some of the characters, added in a weird character and angle. And and, and again, it's a movie. It's a two-hour version of a, of a pretty um, convoluted story. And I, I just loved it. And Douglas Adams made some of those biggest, bigger uh, changes. So there you go, Game of Thrones fans. Or, or there you go, Song of Ice and Fire fans, I should say. It should be a little different. Um, one final note on this before we move on from Douglas Adams. Uh, he, he got shafted a little bit. He got shafted a little bit. The idea of making a movie version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a big Hollywood production, was there almost, uh, perhaps maybe from the beginning, but it's, it was there for a while. Douglas Adams, born in the UK, but ended up uh, making Santa Barbara, California, his adopted home. He took his bathrobe, grabbed his towel, which you always must have, and went out to Santa Barbara. And loved it out there. And that's unfortunately where he passed away while working out. He was a big man, a big hulking, tall presence. And not bad health at all. But uh, passed away. He was obsessed with Apple computers in the early days, which explained him kind of getting some of this tech right. He had his finger on the pulse there. But uh, the uh, they did try to make a, a movie version. And it, it just it never seemed to happen. And he was told sci-fi comedy can't work. And uh, then out of nowhere, and it's one of my favorite movies. It's an, uh, an adaption of a comic series uh, as well, but Men in Black comes out in 96. 
And I remember thinking in 96 when I saw it, wow, there's some elements in here that are very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that's not saying that they, they stole it. And I'm not too familiar with the original material there with the Men in Black series. But, you know, and again, sci-fi comedy, it's not like Douglas Adams is the only one that was doing it. But so you, I watched and I thought, oh, man, if they can do this, they can do Hitchhikers. Well, as it turns out, Douglas Adams was like, oh, you told me you couldn't do Hitchhikers, but you did that. It was never perfectly uh, uh, perfectly aligned with the, the universe on the making of Men in Black. It was a little sore point if you read some of the stuff. And there's some good Douglas Adams biographies out there. So it's on my mind. 42. We'll move on. I could talk about this for a while. Maybe we still will. I know I have some good friends listening who are Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fans. I think we might do a life ranked about the, just the whole series and uh, take a look back there. So that's on my mind there. Number two. Number, number two, man, on my mind is health. We always got to be healthy, right? And I finally, I got some, um, you know, I got, I'll say I got some, oh, not great news, but not bad news. You know, uh, I went went for some uh, health tests uh, the other day, some blood tests, get a physical. You know, you're getting up there in age. Uh, yeah, I'm still young, believe me. 43 is very young in the grand scheme of life. In the grand scheme, um, you know, so I... I I think, um, but but it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that age. Uh, you might feel young, and forty three might be young. Early forties might be young compared to um, uh, you know where we were in, in time. Where where forty three meant you were about ready to you know go off into the great beyond, and you had seventeen children and three farms. Right? Times change. But I forget. You know, you should go in and get some checks done, and then there's little reminders along the way. All right, I got to go see the doctor more. And, and yeah, uh, medical care and, and uh, the health insurance industry, that's, that's a whole different conversation, right? Whole convoluted, uh, convoluted, con, uh, what am I trying to say? Convoluted and uh, confusing world. Uh, I don't have all the right answers for that, but I do appreciate uh, when I have medical insurance because I went without it for a year, my first year after un- uh, being unemployed. Uh, left go, let go from uh, complex media and everything. I, I didn't have uh, health insurance. I couldn't get it and uh, couldn't afford it. And the process was a little confusing. And I, and I dug in and I ended up getting it now. And yeah, I'm paying through the nose for it. But hey, you got it, right? So it's like, you better use it. So I forced myself to go see the doctor at a new space age facility. I got Kaiser. Kaiser opened up this facility in... Um, uh, uh, Porter Ranch, California. That's been only, it's only a couple weeks. So it's still got that new paint smell. And my doctor, my primary care physician moved up there and uh, that was going to, and a month ago, they sent out an email. If you'd like to still be maybe, uh, you know, under my care, I'll go in here. If you want to switch to this office, if not, I understand. So I was like, Oh, well, Porter Ranch, I go there all the time. I used to live up there in that area. Get out of Hills. Let's do it. This thing was the best. It was like checking into, uh, uh some private airline. You go in there, uh, there's no like big intimidating desks. It's like open. People are walking around with pads. Hello, welcome to the hospital. May we help you? And you sign in. I signed in on a self-checkout kiosk, uh, like a, like again, like an airport or something, or uh, you know, one of those new McDonald's things. I'd like a Big Mac and a cholesterol test. And then your name pops up on a screen and it's everywhere. And it, they literally say, you can go anywhere on our first floor welcome center. Your name will be on the screen. And you follow and you look and it's like Ken Knapsack, actually K Knapsack, 
10 to 15 minute wait. And all of a sudden it, it changes. Boom. Please report to level 202, suite 202. And you go up there and then they're like, the sign says, welcome, Ken, please wait. And then someone, I blew my mind. And then you get in there, they don't, they sit you on this big giant chair and that does, does everything. Waves you, lifts you up and waves you. And it's like, hey, hold on, chair. Um, everything's, it's crazy now, right? It makes sense. It makes sense. This is how it should be for every experience. And maybe the stuff's not rolling out. So here I am lost in all this. Wow, space hospital. Doctor shows up. What, what can we do? I said, but doc, doc, I haven't been feeling good lately. I'm getting a little older. Can we get some tests in there? And I'm fully expecting rubber gloves to come out, if you know what I mean. He goes, let's start with the blood test. So I did that and got the news back. A little high cholesterol. Blood cell count is low. I don't even know what that means. And I don't have a follow-up consultation with him. He sends me an email from the Kaiser website. Hey, man, cholesterol's not ideal. Let's try to run a little bit more. Okay. Um, and then uh, we'll I'm going to do some follow-up tests for the blood cell stuff. So I, I say this personal stuff. Uh, this is very minor. This is very correctable. Might be an iron deficiency. I need to stop going to McDonald's. I really honestly don't, but I need to, you know, I've been out of my workout routine. I have a habit. Here's how I deal health. And a lot of you listening, a lot of you great, dedicated, loyal listeners might write me. You might write me in the Discord server. You might reach out on Twitter like, hey, Ken, here's what I did. And I appreciate all that there. But I'm, I'm, I work out a lot, but, also, but, I, you know, but I, just, I love to eat. And that's the thing. I love to eat. Meaning like it's a hobby. So I'll do three or four days, salads, light dressings, uh, you know, maybe a, a healthy, one of them new, healthy, bland tasting organic bars, water. I cut out soda a long time ago. Occasional one pops in, but I, I, I'm past that. Do all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm good for three, four days. And I'm feeling good. And I'm down a couple pounds. Even if I'm not working out crazy, like eating's, eating where it's all at, right? And that fifth day, maybe, let's say we'll go three, we'll go four days, three and a half days. And that night on the fourth day or the morning of the fifth or the lunch on the fifth day, I'll be like, oh, we're going to do it. Let's go to Wood Ranch. I'll have six bread rolls. Can I have the brisket wrapped in the smokehouse burger, a plate of fries, drip, drip some gravy on it. And I make the joke, my whole life is a cheat day. Like you see The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, he puts those Instagram epic cheat day pictures up, 13 pancakes, 12 sausages, uh, 42 mojo potatoes. You know, he does that, posts a picture, and is like, I deserve this. Well, yeah, he does deserve this because he works out like a fiend. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's, you know, I'll say he's mostly natural, but, you know, well, there's a little wink there. But um, he earns it. He earns it because I like the rock. I'm actually a big rock guy. Um, pro Dwayne Johnson. And, uh, here, but I, here I am on the fifth day. I've had salad, maybe done a light workout for two days, and I'm like, I deserve this cheat day. My life is a cheat day. So I've got to get on it. I'm saying again, as a little bit of accountability. You guys listening, or you're, you're, you're the ones I'm holding myself accountable to. I was more worried about like potential diabetes, like, uh, or excuse me, diabetes, um, just because of the amount of sugar in all of our lives and, and my life. And, and I try to cut in sugars everywhere. Salts, all the, all these bad things are everywhere, right? In the air that you breathe. 
I woke up this morning, took a breath, two packets of sugar in my mouth already. Um, I was worried about that. And that's, that's actually seemingly good. That's good news. Again, all this is correctable. There's a lot of people out there with worse health problems, but it makes you think. And if I can just share myself on a simple level of using the insurance I'm fortunate enough to have, getting off my ass, making an appointment and going, because a lot of times it's fear. It's fear. And plausible deniability is a real thing with health, right? I wake up and I feel good. I feel good, but I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good. I had a relative um, distant, but in my, in my family, uh, not bloodline. It's my aunt. It's her brother. It's my uncle's second wife. I don't know what to tell you. How do you describe it? Uh, he, he just had a, a big heart attack and about 10 years older than me. And you start thinking. And I'm talking to my uncle, and he's like, ah, here's what happened. He's describing some of the symptoms. I'm like, oh, these sound familiar. Better get checked. It's sometimes fear, putting your head in the sand. Because what happens if you get bad news? What happens if you get the bit of bad news? What, what happens? Well, it's important, especially for men. You know, we're stubborn. And I don't mean to turn this into some hacky stand-up comedy routine, and I know it's a very uh, it's important these days to not just uh, to throw everything into gender buckets. Men do this and women do this. And I understand all that. But we are who we are. And men generally can be pretty stubborn when it comes to stuff like this. So I'm speaking to all of you. I'm speaking to myself. It's important for me to go get some tests, get started on this process and take care of myself. Because I don't want to be one of those folks that hears, ah, you could have fixed this if you went earlier. And I've heard about those stories. I've seen people experience those stories. And you got to deal with what, what you got to deal with, but getting there early, getting it done, and facing the fear of a potential bad news. I think that keeps me away from doctor's offices more than anything. I always say this. I can be melodramatic and talk about my pain. I can I can really like, ah, like I'll tell you right now, I'm building Ikea furniture. We're going to talk about Ikea after the break here. It's the number one thing on my mind. I pinched my finger so bad. I was so angry last night. That's why I didn't record the episode that I was supposed to record and release it at the normal time. I was so angry. I was making a big deal of it. But I also know the whole time that this is, there's just absolutely nothing. This is nothing. It's just a little, little blood blister on my finger right now. I make a big deal out of little things because I think as, as a comic, as someone who has that kind of... Uh, uh, brain uh, brain approach in their brain uh, to looking at things. We, oh, this sucked. I'm going to go on stage and talk about it. You amplify everything. But when it comes to like serious things, I bury it. I don't address it. It's like it's like Independence Day when they when Bill Pullman realizes uh, there's an Area 51. We didn't tell you, Mr. President. Plausible deniability, the great Robert Loja. Um, yeah. I was, I've been feeling so bad lately. I haven't been addressing it to myself, to anyone around me. And I think, again, I think we're fine. But it's that fear. So let's get over the fears together, folks. If you got some stuff going on, you want to go in and get checked, and you have the ability and you're fortunate enough to get checked, go do it. Find a way to do it. Let's take care of ourselves together, right? We're not done here today. We're going to take a quick break here in the Knapsack Files. When we come back, we got my number one thing, the number one thing on my mind here. It's the three things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed.
We're back here on the three things here in the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Thanks for sticking around as we keep the lights on during the commercial breaks. Also, want to thank all of you that are supporting the Saturday night special lineup of programming. These are a little a different kind of podcasts that I put out on the feed on Saturday nights. But you can listen to them whenever. This includes the Dutch Allen-led Inside Tinseltown, the Nolan Guthrie-led Mysteries and the Unexplained, and then Behind the Bag, baseball programming with me and Tom Dagnino. We have an episode, uh, second episode in the works, your response to those episodes, all of them, uh, and your love of these specific little characters or just to talk about baseball is greatly appreciated. And I do realize all those shows are not for everybody. I appreciate those that are just okay with that. You don't need to go out of your, your way to tell me how much you don't like them. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the love for Nolan Guthrie's Mysteries and the Unexplained is warm, warming my heart because that's uh, been... It's something I've been working on, wanting to do for a while. It's a long-form improv parody show where me and a guest, and I don't, I try not to reveal right away who the guest is being played by. Um, sometimes it's obvious, and then I, you know, a clue. I tag them in the photo. Um, but it's been fun, and it's been, uh, it's great because I, I, we, I just bring them on, and we go. I got this character. Here's what's your character. They tell me. We know a general topic, and then we go. We're off to the races. I love doing that show. And then Dagnino and I, we've been talking about doing Behind the Bag for a while. And now to finally get to do it. And we're going to do it when we can, more regularly, as we finish this uh, baseball season. But this just isn't about current baseball sports talk. It's about our love of baseball, the game, all things around that. So stay tuned for more of those. And there will be some great interviews on that show as well. Right, right now, let's get back to the three things we, we've talked about. Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, number 42. Health, getting over the fear of facing possible health problems or fear of the answers. So the number one thing on my mind is Ikea. Let me take a breath. All right, so this move's been going on. And as with any move, you, you know, whether you can afford it or not, you're going to head to a store and you're going to get some new furniture. For a lot of folks, Ikea is an option. And this isn't uh, a commercial for Ikea. They wouldn't dare sponsor me. And I don't have a lot of horrible things. I actually like Ikea. In Burbank right now is like the largest Ikea in North America. They shut down the one in downtown Burbank and they built one. And, you know, they timed it. They kept the one open and the other one. Then they finally closed it and they shuffled us over all to this big one. And the joke is... It's so big, it's like going to Disneyland. I went on a Sunday recently because I just had to go check. I had to check on something, get a measurement and, and see something for the new place. And I was like, I'll just sneak in on a Sunday. I know it'll be a little crowded. No, it was like Disneyland. The line around of cars around the city blocks. Uh, traffic guides out there. Uh, the lines going up the escalators. I needed a fast pass just to get where I wanted to go. Truly crazy. But for a lot of people, especially in the big cities, Ikea is the choice and, and a good choice for cheap, affordable, decent looking, somewhat good shape furniture. There's other options for sure. And we'd all want to get to the point where we can go to some store where everything's built already, handcrafted by some craftsman, woodsman, uh, well, not woodsman, like a wood maker, like a, like a guy who's, or woman who's good. At, you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'd love to get to that point in life. 
I can't. Also, when you know you're moving, you know, in L.A., big cities, New York, too, when you know you're not buying a house and hunkering down for the next 40 years of your life, you know you need to get some furniture that's relatively easy to move, or at least you can take it apart to put it back together again after you move, or it's relatively easy just to toss out by a dumpster, and someone else who's moving will pick it up or returning it to other places. You know, like, it is what it is. So I'm not here, uh, I guess I'm shaming myself for even going, but there's just something really frustrating about it all. And other than, you know, last, I've actually suffered two injuries building Ikea furniture, and I am notoriously, it's not that I'm bad, I, don't, I, I just lack the patience. And these instruction booklets, which generally have no words, just pictures with happy little cartoon people, looks like clouds with faces. It's like Lego instruction. Now, I grew up, building Lego sets. I'm very familiar with following along to wordless instructions that just, you know, you have to pay attention to the picture. All right. Oh, what's the next picture? Uh, they've added a four piece of, of bricks. Okay. Let me find that four piece of bricks. And as the Lego sets have gotten more in depth, and I've got one of the big challenges coming my way. Uh, one of our listeners, he's an executive producer, supporter and Patreon, Nathan Ovendale, first rate Nate, gifted me, I still don't know why, but I love it. He gifted me my dream Lego set, the one I've always wanted, the Death Star Lego set. And I, I, I and, and my Patreon listeners for my birthday last year stepped up and they gifted me the Cloud City set, the Jobs play set. I haven't had a chance to build these because I have nowhere to display them. I, I They'd be built and put into plastic totes. So I'm going to find a way to display build and display the Death Star. That's going to be the biggest challenge I'll probably ever have as a Lego builder. Point being, though, I'm used to it. It's subtle. You'll 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 be building along. I got the base. I got that. I got the minifig built. And then you get to a, a frame of, of the instructions, and you're like, what's changed? I can't figure out what's next. And then, oh, it's a two-piece over here, and that holds up the other. Okay. Ikea furniture, building it's kind of like that. So I have the experience. I just don't have the patience. And unlike a Lego set, where there's not a lot of pressure on you, you know, you're like, I got, I, I, I went to the store, I bought it, maybe had it shipped out to you, and I need to open up this cardboard box in my living room, and I need to construct this dresser, and I need to build it fast because I need to put my underpants somewhere, and there's a lot of pressure on you. So then you start, you start hyperventilating. Like, <laughs> now I, I am not a, I am not a, a craftsman. Not a tool man, not a handyman. I wish I was. You've heard some other episodes. I'm walking into a lot of Lowe's, uh, a lot of Lowe's trips recently, and I'm buying pipe wrenches, and I don't even need pipe wrenches. But I have a pipe wrench now. Why? Because I don't know. It's this primal urge. I don't know. I'm in a hardware store. must wrench things. Um, So I want to be better at it, and I'm not horrible. I get it. I could screw in things. I hung some pictures here in in my new place. Trivia note, the first pieces of art are Nan Lawson's uh, Cersei Lannister lion picture and uh, her Daenerys Targaryen, excuse me, the, uh, ooh, that's coffee, oh, I'm keeping that in, no edits. Um, the da- Daenerys Targaryen, uh, the prince that was promised uh, flames burning behind her photo, which Nan herself kind of tweeted out after season eight, like, told you. Those are the trivia answers to what did Ken first hang here in his new place. Um... I can do all this stuff. But for some reason, the Ikea stuff comes out. My old roommate, Dave, um, 
sometimes pops up on Twitch is uh, A. Dave. You'll see him chatting with us there. Great guy. Uh, he used to want to film. This is pre-digital media era. Wanted to film me building Ikea furniture. Just make it like a show. Man fights Ikea furniture. And I've recently been pretty good. Grace and I built some good stuff for the kitchen. No problems. You know, a little thing. Yeah, you get, and that's, they're not clear in the instruction. So you go about two, three steps along the way. And you're like, I did it wrong. You have to unbuild what you just built and then put it back together the right way. Last night, I just, I just, I'm done with this move. I'm done. My, I'm, my, I'm in an office. They're just surrounded by everything I own. I'm stressed. And I bought this. I, I, I got this. I, I need this little dresser. I need this dresser. Let's grab the credit card. Let's go get it. We went. And by the way, Ikea's got a great restaurant. Do not make fun of it. Meal for two. A fully great tasting Swedish meatball. We call them sweetie meaties with mashed potatoes, side of mac and cheese. Oh, don't tell my doctor. Um, now I get it. Drinks, lingonberry, my favorite little drink there. $20 and one cent, excuse me, one cent. Don't knock it. Go and try it. The Ikea cafe. Um, seriously, we sometimes just go, hey, you want to go sneak in? We, you know, you can go up and turn left and you're in the restaurant. You, have to, you don't have to shop for furniture. But it was like, let's go. Let me get this dresser. I need this now to solve all my problems. And it took me four hours. And it, it caused two finger damages. And I was screaming, kind of crying. This is why I, could, I was supposed to record the Knapsack Files Three Things episode last night. I'm recording it and releasing it here on the same day. And I'm glad I did because I would not have wanted you all to hear what would have happened? Not want to hear you. The, have you hear the tears? The crazy person tears. I can't build the IKEA furniture and squish my finger. My finger hurts. I'm glad you didn't hear that for real, because that's what you would have heard. But IKEA. Here's the frustration with it, and I like it. And I'll go back, and I'm gonna eat their sweetie meaties, and I'm gonna you know peruse. But you go there. You go there by yourself. Maybe you got a new apartment. Maybe it's a new relationship and you're just starting out. And you and your loved one, your partner, your life mate, you're heading in there. You got a new house together. You're getting a new house together. You're getting married, whatever. Let's make our registry. You go there and it is like Disneyland. Big parking lot. The anticipation builds. Oh, today I want to check on the wardrobes. And you get in there and you hold hands or you're by yourself and you're beaming. And you go up another set of escalators. You can start to smell the furniture. They got furniture on display. There's the sounds of kids screaming as they get checked into the Ikea daycare. You go up there and you're just so excited because it is a world of possibilities. And you walk around their little maze. And I used to do a hacky stand-up comedy joke about the Ikea maze too. And I'm sure 50,000 comics have done it since then and 10,000 did it before. I did start stand-up comedy in the olden days. And you go around, and you go around, and everything's on display. It's not just, when you first walk in, the first part of Ikea, it's living rooms, it's kitchens, it's bathrooms, and they build up these little tableaus, these wonderful little furniture dioramas. They have books and t-shirts and lights are on, and it looks comfy. In fact, you'll see some middle-aged dads, oh crap, I'm middle-aged, you'll see them in there, relaxing, trying to wrangle one of their children the wife's off checking. Do we need another rack for that? Yeah, it, 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 you see it all on display there. 
And it is truly this world of possibilities. Look what my life could be like. All I need is this one piece of furniture. The dresser that will change my life. The little tiny end table that will make everything feel much better. There's no pain in Ikea. There's no suffering. There's no credit debt. Nothing. Just a world of possibilities. Then you walk around, walk around, and the dioramas and the tableaus start kind of fading away till it's just like the furniture. It's on display. And then you see what you want. And then you see what you might want. Then you see what you didn't think you want, but it might serve the purpose better. And they got little tags. And they say, take a picture of the tag. Write it down. Because you're going to go down to the warehouse where Indiana Jones had Area, uh, had, uh, area 51, where Indiana Jones had the, the Ark of the Covenant stolen and taken to. You're going to go down there. And it's going to be great. And you take a picture. Aisle 36, bin 42. That's all my answers. Everything's solved down there. And you go through and you go through and you weave your way and you cut through bickering families. You cut through crazy kids spreading their germs everywhere. You cut through uh, the lone bachelor trying to go, uh, where can I put my TV dinner? You go through all that. And you end up in the kids section, right? Whether you want kids or not, you're like, you know, personally, I don't necessarily want kids right now, but I'm walking through it going, oh, look at this. Look at these stuffed animals and bright colors. What a happy journey. It's like, it's like all the rides at Disneyland. It's like you started at Pirates of the Caribbean and then you, you went on Space Mountain and now you're in Small World. It's a small world after all at Ikea. Then you go downstairs and you go through the marketplace. Plungers, kitchen knives, chandeliers. All these little accents that will make the thing I'm going to purchase that much more better. What an experience. And then you get to the warehouse. And there's just floor to giant ceilings worth of cardboard boxes. All ready for you to take home and build your new life. You don't even need proper tools. We'll provide you little tiny Allen wrenches. I have a plastic bag of 42 Allen wrenches that have been left over from Ikea projects. I don't know what to do with them. I think I'm finally going to throw them away. But you always keep them. I better keep this. Keep one. They're, they use like two different kinds. Maybe three. A 42. And then you get it and you get it on the rack and you check out. And then on the way out, there's like really cheap hot dogs and ice cream and candy. You used to have these cool little, like, foam cars that were candy. I'm pretty sure they used them for other things. Like, you could wash your bathroom walls with them, but they sold them as candy, and they were shaped like little foam. They were little foam, multicolored greens and pinks and whites, and they were so good. Me and my old roommates used to go get them by the bagful. Again, probably why I have health problems. I don't see those anymore, which makes me worried. What was I eating? Did they finally need to take it off the market? And then you go to your car, and you struggle to get it in, and then you go home. And that's where it all changes. The dream of Ikea, the dream of a better life and the better world you're about to live starts to fade away. Ikea is life. It is your expectations launched into the stratosphere. It is your expectations and your dreams going far beyond anything that it will actually be. Because when you get home, you have to build it and it pinches your finger and it doesn't quite fit and the instructions aren't clear 
So part of it's disconnected. You can't lift it from the top. Don't don't do that. The top will come off if you lift it there. Aren't you supposed to like screw it down? Yep, doesn't work. And then you fit it into the corner where you knew it was perfect. This dresser fits right here. Nope. Now you can, your t-shirts don't fit above it. It's too tall off the ground. The thing said 31 inches. This is clearly 42 inches. What am I supposed to do? Your life is not as good as you wanted it to be. There's a lesson there. You're going to have to stick with what reality gives you. You're going to have to stick with what you actually took home from Ikea and leave your dreams in the cafe with a plate of Swedish meatballs. Again, what I call sweetie meaties. It's a valuable lesson. When I move, I take valuable lessons with me. The last time I moved, oh, there was a big, I talked about a lot on this show, finding the new normal, finding yourself in a new location. And all that's true. This one's about maybe leaving some stuff behind and letting go. Will I get rid of that bag of Allen wrenches? Stay tuned for future episodes of The Knapsack Files. But for right now, the lesson is reality is not what Ikea presents it to be. And that's okay. It has to be okay. And it will be okay. That's the three things for this week on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I hope you enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad I did this when I was relaxed and not going completely crazy. As always, I want to thank my executive producer supporters on Patreon. That's DJ Snacks, Real Snacks Attack, Thomas Risling. You can also hear his work on our podcast, Casterly Talk. He's part of that team. Uh, look for Casterly Talk if you're a Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones fam. Lethal, Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, Matt Thompson at TMP Media Productions, uh, TMP Media Prod on Twitter. Uh, we got Donna Long, Nathan Ovendale, first rate Nate. Thanks again for that Death Star. Oh, man, so excited i went over to my mailbox and if you want to send something you can go to my website and find uh, the snail mail address and i was like what the hell is this giant box and it shakes like lego oh my god it's the death star thank you nathan zach anderson's doing a stand-up comedy thing out in wisconsin plying his trade i've been watching his tapes giving him some uh, consulting and he's getting better and better Ty Schallenberger, who's a good friend of mine, he's an executive producer on Patreon as well, and he is uh, heading out to New York to do some work soon, so I'm going to try to visit him out there. Uh, and then uh, then we got House Butter. Not Butter. Hello, Mother. No, House Bahuda. They refused to tell me. They all giggle on the podcast. They said, oh, there's a way to say it. B-H-U-T-T-A. But we're not going to tell you, Ken. We like to hear you struggle. But this is a family of supporters that continues to grow here on my Patreon page. That's Tamor, his brother Abdul, and then now Rafa. Rafa? Rafa. Tamor's laughing, giggling right now because I told him I was going to pronounce it incorrectly. Uh, he has joined the team as the executive producer. They, uh, they, all of these people I just talked about get to, to take part in the TNF boardroom broadcast every month, a business meeting. You know, like how Bob Iger does those uh, quarterly business calls? It's kind of like me. I get on, and uh, they help kind of shape and form the future of this Patreon page. If you want to consider supporting at any level and get bonus shows like 5 Extra Minutes, Kazak Radio, my monthly writing, go to patreon.com slash Some final business. Two bits of final business, I should say. August 24th, 
I will be up in my hometown. Very excited for this. My hometown of Royal Grande, California, as part of the Central Coast Film Society's presentation of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. We'll be showing the screening, uh, screening the movie at uh, the Clark Center for Performing Arts on my old campus, Royal Grande High School. It's right there on the corner of the campus. They built it right after I graduated. I'll be there. It's like a little bit of a homecoming. I'm excited for that. It'll be a Q&A, a VIP experience. You can buy tickets. There's tickets, uh, VIP tickets still available, uh, I do believe. And you get a free copy of my book if you don't have it, if you're local. And I'll be selling books there, selling exclusive posters that were d- designed by Janine Bryce. And then if you have a book already, bring it on. I'll sign it for gratis. Uh, but more importantly, it's going to be fun to celebrate Star Wars with a lot of people who, who actually won't know who I am. It's going to be kind of interesting. And special guest, Ken Knapsack. But it'll be a lot of fun. Also, uh, just hot off the presses, a happy to announce. This is really cool. Uh, you guys know I've been working on it, did the work for it, and uh, they're putting it together on August 27th. As of right now, um, uh, that's the date it was given. August 27th, the audiobook version of Why We Love Star Wars will be available. That's right. You can pick it up. And I'm excited about this one there because uh, it's not all um, it's not all the time that you can uh, uh, do the VO of your own book, especially when you make that little weird girl sound I just made. Um, not every author gets a chance to do that. It's a skill, and I don't know if I have those skills. I'd like to have them. I'd like to do more of these, uh, even ones that aren't my books. But I had to audition, and I got it. And Mango Media and Tantor Media put this together, and I got to go into the studio and spend literally hours, six six hours a day for about five days recording uh, my own words. And it was a fun experience. And some of you have been waiting. Some of you have not picked up a copy of uh, whether the hard copy or the digital uh, reader version of uh, Why We Love Star Wars. Here's your chance. I know big fans of audiobooks are out there. This is your chance. You hear it directly from me. And also I'm excited because this is kind of like an, an updated version of the book. I got to correct some tiny little mistakes that made it to press, which happens. Uh, the audio engineer was like, don't you would be surprised what gets published. Uh, and we see it a lot when, when people come in to read these books. So I got to make little tweaks. There's like a couple, there's like one factual error. I just kind of got confused on and put the wrong name of a star destroyer in and no one mango was going to correct it. Cause they didn't know. And I just kept skipping over it when I was doing my corrections I got to correct that. There's one name that got misspelled. I got to correct that. Um, and just a little grammar fixes and things. Plus, the big thing, I write like a speech writer. I'm more of a speech writer right now, especially with this book. And because I got to read my words, I actually think this, even if you've read the book and owned the book or checked it out from your library and returned it on time, no fees, I think you'll like this version too. This was my telling of my words, the way I imagine them. You might read them a little different than me. And I'm excited about it. August 27th, the audiobook will be out. More information on that. And, oh, a third. I'm going to have another local SoCal appearance. Working on a few of them. But I've uh, definitely got one in the works uh, attached to a wrestling show. Uh, the Millennium Pro Wrestling guys and gals are coming back. And I'm going to try to uh, be uh, doing a little book signing, uh, book selling appearance there. And that one, stay tuned for that. So that is it. I've talked about, I've talked enough. I need to go build some furniture. Whew, deep breaths. It's going to be okay. We'll see you next time on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. 